So we've covered Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. And these uh, chapters are absolutely beautiful. They're more than beautiful. They are reality. They are powerful. They reveal to us the kingdom of God. And it's interesting that uh, Paul doesn't use the phrase kingdom of God uh, in the book of Romans, and yet he's speaking about the kingdom of God all the time because he's telling us what life is like in the kingdom of God in Romans chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8. Before I knew these chapters, I learned um, about them, or I learned about the whole book of Romans, but particularly these uh, four chapters, 5, 6, 7, and 8, in 1971 when I was uh, um, in uh, Andrews University in Berrien Springs, Michigan. I had just come from England and uh, had was uh, learning these the truth of these chapters uh, from Dr. Hans Larondel, uh, a marvelous teacher-preacher. The uh, classroom you've heard me say this before, was absolutely packed. You had to get, try to rush to the class early in order to get a seat, and uh, I'm sure it broke fire codes because people were standing in the, uh, in the aisles, uh, they were standing by the walls, they were sitting on the floor, every seat was taken. It was phenomenal. Before I knew this great message in the Book of Romans, um, in these particular four chapters, I was struggling terribly uh, with legalism. I don't mean struggling with sin. We were all all the time struggling one way or another with sin. I mean with the terror of God's judgment, with the sense of his disapproval, with the demands that I thought he was making on me that seemed impossible, with the on and on, on again and off again love that I thought he was giving me. And uh, my constant awareness of inadequacy, incompleteness, loneliness, isolation, all the elements of legalism. And then came these four chapters. Absolutely marvelous. In uh, the book of Romans, chapter 5, we have Paul talking about freedom from the judgment of God, freedom from his wrath. Because he himself, God the Father, took that judgment in the person of his Son. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit took the judgment of the world. And uh, instead of our having to suffer eternal death, Jesus took that eternal death upon the cross. So that he in himself, on our behalf, reconciled us to himself. So what we have in Romans is that, in Romans chapter 5, is that wonderful opening where it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's really a summary of the whole chapter. We are justified, that is, declared innocent, by faith in the atoning work of Christ on the cross. Because Christ, according to Romans 3, verse 25 propitiates the wrath of God, appeases it, takes it away, quietens it down. God, in other words, takes his own judgment for the world's sin upon himself. And so we are reconciled to the heart of God. We have peace 
with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this isn't peace that we know emotionally necessarily or at all times. Sometimes we're peaceful, tranquil. Other times we're anxious. But it is a peace that is established between us and God through Christ so that there is no longer any antagonism between us and God. Nothing can separate us from his love. Well, you know, trying to believe that was quite a challenge. It was so exciting. The thought of it in those days, in 1971 onwards, was so really wonderful. But the trials and troubles and uh, situations of life were very often harrowing, and you wondered then whether God was still with you. But that's where faith was learning that God has established peace between us and him through his son, Jesus Christ, that surmounts all circumstances so that we can know we are with him and safe in him, whatever is going on around us. And then there's that chapter, Freedom from Sin, chapter 6. Now, that doesn't mean freedom from sinning or failures, It means freedom from the identity of sin and the condemnation of sin and the judgment of sin. We are no longer identified as sinners. You know, I would walk home after that class in Andrews University to my my room wondering, I mean, almost walking on air, but wondering whether it was too good to be true. And yet, I knew I must believe it. This was the greatest fresh air of heaven that I had ever heard, and it was lifting my heart and setting me free from all my fears and anxieties and depressions and sorrows in a way that nothing else could, and by that very fact, it was authenticating itself. It was true because of the way it was dealing with my spirit. To know that we're no longer identified as sinners, that God is not constantly up and down with us. You're a sinner one day and you're not a sinner the next. Uh, You're approved one day and disapproved of the next. How wonderful. This is not a passive God. He's very intimately involved with us, but he's no longer going to identify us as sinners because we died to sin in Christ. That is not to say we went through a psychological process by which we never felt sin anymore. No, we were counted as if we were on the cross with Jesus Christ when he was crucified, so that when he died, it was as if we had died, as a judgment for sin. So the judgment for sin is over for all those who believe and trust in him. It was marvelous. Even when the struggle with sin and defeat and failure came, I would say, Father, I thank you that even though I have sinned and I repent of my sins, I praise and thank you that you do not count me a sinner, that you do not charge this against me. So you see, Romans 5, freedom from the judgment of God so that we are reconciled to his heart, 
we have peace with him through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 6, we no longer are identified as sinners. The identification, the the condemnation and the judgment of sin are all taken away. And then chapter 7, freedom from the law. That was a very hard one to take for me. Because legalism is all about law, all about obeying the law and making sure every jot and tittle is right, doing everything according to the book, and uh, keeping in mind every rule and regulation, anxious about it, constantly worried about right and wrong. But no, we are counted as righteous in Christ's righteousness. That is what frees us from the law. We are freed from the condemnation of the law because Christ has become our righteousness. Yes, I believed that Christ was my righteousness before that time, but in a different way. I believed that Christ could slowly trickle his righteousness into my mind and heart as I kept meditating upon him and obeying him and reading the Bible a lot, and going to lots of meetings. And slowly that trickle of his righteousness would gradually fill me up, so that by a certain time, maybe a decade or two decades, or by the end of my life, I'd be full up with righteousness and ready to go to heaven. But that's not the teaching of the Scriptures here. The teaching of the Scripture is that Christ is counted as our righteousness, reckoned. He is, his righteousness is imputed to me, considered as if it were mine. So Christ's righteousness upon the believer is instant. That was a wonderful thing. So that even if I felt down, felt depressed, felt overwhelmed, felt defeated, Christ was still counted as my righteousness, and I would lift up my heart and say, Father, I thank you that you count me as righteous, even though I'm a sinner. And so my mind was gradually changing as I learned Romans 5, 6, 7, those great chapters which taught what it was like to be in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of grace. And then came chapter 8, which we've just finished studying. Freedom from death. Romans 5 is freedom from wrath. Romans 6 is freedom from sin. Romans 7 is freedom from uh, law. And Romans 8 is freedom from death by the resurrection of Jesus. We are counted as no longer under the judgment of death. We all die, of course, and we, by faith in Jesus, will rise from the dead. But death is no longer a judgment as it was originally when Adam sinned and the condemnation of sin and death came upon the world. No longer is death a judgment. It is now a groaning of childbirth. That's Romans chapter 8. The world, all creation, groans as if it were waiting to be reborn because God, through Christ, has changed the curse of death as, and now it has become an instrument of faith training so that when I contemplate my own death, I thank God that he will bring me to life again and raise me from the dead. 
that when I contemplate my own death, I'm able to thank him, that it is not a judgment, that it is uh, an experience that I will go through with him by my side. All of these um, realities, once faith comes in, all of these deathly realities, sin realities, are transformed by the wonderful uh, knowledge that God is with us and is training our faith in all these things. And so, death becomes an instrument of life. Not only death at the end of our lives, but those mini-deaths we go through on a daily basis, frustrations and irritations and defeats and failures and, and uh, uh, all kinds of uh, little mini-deaths. We lift our heart up by faith once we've pulled ourselves together and say, Father, thank you for this experience. Though I don't like it, though it isn't pleasant to my emotions, I praise and thank you that it is an opportunity to train my faith. And this, then, is how we go through life, living by faith in the kingdom of Christ, freed from wrath so that we're reconciled to God's heart, freed from the identity of sin, law, and death. What a boon God has given us. Well, thanks for joining me today, Colin Cook, and How It Happens. You've been listening to my broadcast, which you can hear any time of the day or night on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com, and key in How It Happens with Colin Cook when you get there. You can also hear the program on the radio in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states on KLTT AM 670, the call letters, at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning. And if you would like to consider a donation, I can tell you at this time it would be particularly appreciated. The need is pretty great. I won't say more, but thank you. Send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or you can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. Thanks for all your support, then I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless. <laughs>